1: Welcome to the 360 Recruiting Podcast, a podcast for OU recruiting fans by Sooners360.com. Each week, we catch you up on the latest in OU recruiting news and provide opinions and evaluations on all things OU football recruiting. I'm Chris Mason, lead recruiting analyst for Sooners360.com. I'm joined every week by my co host, Caleb Cummings, Sooners360.com talent evaluator and opinion creator. This is episode 58 we're doing a two-parter again this week this is part two uh, titled who is starting where in the alamo and we're uh, fortunately and uh, very happy to be joined by uh, a new co-host for us which is somebody on our 360 site that helps us have 360 site someone who's based in norman so blake mullen will be joining us for this discussion where we talk a little bit about what's gone on with the portal in terms of how it's going to impact the, the team, and what we think it might impact the Sooners we see on December twenty eighth in the Alamo Dome.
0: So, Blake, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is going to be a fun time. I'm going to get to argue with Caleb about uh, about some Sooners football. So nothing gets better than that.
1: Well, nothing gets better than arguing with Caleb. Caleb and I do that quite a bit. So, um, always, always nice to have another voice here, Matt. Our usual third party is, I think he's tied up. He keeps sending me. He keeps sending us images of him with giant, like rigging gear or tractors or something. He's he's somewhere
2: leveling land
1: and he's leveling land. He's in like a giant, like if I didn't if I didn't know better, I would say that. I didn't know he was in the oil and gas related industry. I would, I would think he's bought a farm and he has a big combine harvester. But uh, obviously that's not what's going on. But Matt's unable to join us this week. So Blake is, 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 uh, has, has agreed to fill in. So so guys, this is the team news section. Um, Caleb and I have already hit all of the main recruiting news and some of the wild portal antics going on. But we want to talk a little bit about what's actually going on with the team and what's impacted the team, what's, who's getting into the portal, who's, who's going to the NFL, who's sort of leaving, and we don't quite know what they're doing. So we're just going to run through some players, and I'm going to get Caleb and then Blake's opinions on what they think this player is doing, and is it a smart move, and where do we think they may end up, and, and things along those lines. So we're not going to bury the lead. Uh, the first name we've got to talk about is obviously Dylan Gabriel. Uh, I think for the longest time, Caleb and I had been presuming that he was going to take himself to the NFL and that the Alamo Bowl game might be his swan song. But according to everything we're reading, everything being published out there, he should be in Eugene this weekend. And I'm pretty sure the Ducks are probably going to lock him down as the rep- as the replacement for Bo Nix, which, which sounds just kind of, if you told me that preseason, I, I I would have said that you were completely nuts. So Caleb, what, what the hell do you think of what of what uh, what DG is doing here, and how surprised are you?
2: Yeah, on a scale of like one to ten, the surprise level is probably a three or a four. Really not, I guess, overly surprised. Uh, and I think we've had this discussion on the board uh a number of times like what is his what is his max potential for, as a football player like what's his ceiling and I know some folks have you know like Kellen Moore and then people are quick to point out Kellen Moore went undrafted although he did play in the NFL for like seven years uh was you know a backup he he was undrafted and uh I think DG might have it's probably about about that, right? Late round draft pick. I think he's got you know, from an NFL perspective, my my thought is right. Uh, does he have some potential? I think so as a backup. You know, we've seen this year in the NFL like more backups have played than at any other time. Like the history of the NFL, they're playing more rookies. Uh, it's just. You know, pulling guys off the couch. I mean, Joe Flacco. That's wild to think about. Joe Flacco starting a game in the NFL. I don't know the last time he was a part of an organization. And
1: Dorian Thompson Robinson starting as a rookie.
2: And the thing with the backup is is, right. And I think where DG could have some value there in the NFL is you know the two things you want those guys to do is don't turn the ball over and don't get us in a bad play. It's that simple. Right, like we're gonna. Most times, if you're playing a backup, it's special teams, it's defense. We'll run the ball, uh, probably put you in some situations where you can get us a a third down uh, here and there, but try to make it manageable and just right. Don't turn the ball over. Don't put us in a bad situation. He's got a lot of experience, and he's shown that he, you know, so you would hope that that translates to high football IQ. Won't put you in a bad situation, and he's shown in Oklahoma, uh, albeit in a in a unique offense, doesn't turn the ball over at a high rate. So some opportunity there. That said, in, in today's world of college football, uh, I mean, you know, B- Brock Purdy is a starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, was taken as Mr. Irrelevant in the draft. So he was the last player drafted. His salary this year is like $999,000. And DG next year will probably out-earn him. By 3x, you know, at least in the annual salary terms, if what kind of you hear is true from guys like Matt Rule saying, hey, good quarterback is one and a half to $2 million, maybe more. Uh, So it probably made the right financial decision. And just in terms of maximizing his time on the field, like actually playing as a starter and not being, you know, again, the backup for whomever it might be in the NFL, probably a good decision for him as well on that side and uh you know i'd like to get i know you know blake being younger and being there norman his thoughts on this but I, my take on it from oklahoma fans is and this is mine personally as well right i think everybody's excited about the uh jackson arnold era beginning because he if we're being you know in the nicest way to say it, his upside and his ceiling and his, you know, what he can do from a talent uh, tools perspective is is quite a bit more. And so getting him on the field, I think everybody is, is, is excited about that. So it might be a win-win for both.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you, Caleb, honestly. Like somebody, uh, everybody here loves Dylan Gabriel, right? He stabilized the program in a time where they desperately needed it nobody has anything bad to say with dylan i I did a one-on-one with him at big 12 media days he is truly one of the nicest guys you will ever meet with that being said it is kind of time for change right we all know this as sooner fans and jackson arnold he is the guy that can lead you into the sec with that being said can dylan gabriel take a team to the playoffs i'm sure he can't i think he has that upside i think dylan gabriel is a very good college quarterback how will that transfer to the nfl None of us know, right? Like you said, he'll probably, in my opinion, I had him going fifth or sixth round. I was kind of higher than most, though, on Dylan Gabriel's draft stock. So with that being said, it kind of does make sense for him to stay in, especially when you go to a school like Oregon, a school that you know, as you hinted, will probably pay him a million and a half to $2 million. Why not? That is two years of a contract as a seventh round pick most of the time. And plus, there's zero job security with that. Go ahead and live out your college career. Enjoy your time and have fun. Compete for a national championship. That's what he'll do next year in the Big Ten, Oregon's first season there. I think this is nothing but an upside play. Um, One other thing to touch on, Will Stein, the Offensive Coordinator, Broyles Award finalist as well, the Oregon Offensive Coordinator. If he is to stay, obviously there's a lot of smoke around that one. He's only been at Oregon a year, though. December seventh, twenty 2022 is when he was hired. If he is to stay... He's a perfect person to help Dylan Gabriel. I mean, look at what he did just with Bo Nix mechanics in a one-year time frame. In one year with Bo Nix, he made strides of difference. Bo Nix was a phenomenal quarterback this season. I think he could do similar with Dylan Gabriel. I think this Oregon team will compete. I, I think they could. I mean, I know Michigan's there, obviously, but they could even be the Big Ten favorites next season with DG. I um, mean, I think the big question is now is just, Will he play in the bowl game? I know, Caleb, I think I know your thoughts on this one as well. Hopefully, uh staff kind of, you hate to say it like this, but forces him out because we need to see what Jackson Arnold can do. Um, Seth Latrell, Joe John Finley and company, they need to be able to evaluate their quarterback. It's 15 days of practice in a new system. How much of Levy system will they use? We don't know. But what we do know is there's 15 days of practice and we do know who the, who the future is at this point. It's confirmed. It is Jackson Arnold. Let's see what he can do in a game that, quite frankly, really doesn't matter all that much.
1: Yeah, the one interesting thing for me is about and and, and we can't I can't seem to find an answer on this like definitively if players in the portal and he's and jet and he's obviously in the portal because he's taking an official visit to Oregon. He can't do that as a eligible player somewhere else. Is he still eligible to play for his team? this semester. So it's, it's, I can't find a definitive answer on that. And the other thing that I think plays into this, if I'm Oregon and I'm kind of agreeing to give Dylan, let's just say they shake hands on a $2 million NIL deal package. If I'm Oregon, I'm like, yeah, you're not playing the Oklahoma bowl game. Um, If we're coming to this agreement and you're going to be our guy, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to go break your leg. in, in the Alamo Dome, so oh yeah, uh, that, you're 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 our guy. We're making this deal. You're we're committing money to you. You're not you're not playing for for Oklahoma. So I I think that's even if he was to try and push that, and Brent was kind of getting sentimental about it, or or trying to think about you know you take care of Arizona, you're probably gonna have a top ten finish. That's big for the program moving forward. I I, I kind of think you know just the practicality. of I think from are gonna be like. Yeah, you're I I don't think you're playing in that ball game. That's that's not what's going on. Um so I, I so think I can that's, say
0: this, Chris. I, I can say I have been told by uh, pretty good sources here, if Dylan Gabriel wants to play, it's a staff decision, more so than it is any other team. It, it this is not an Oregon decision. Um from what I have been told by some people on the team that if Dylan wants to play, it will most likely be Jackson will probably want Dylan to play just as a final farewell, they're very close. We all know that they are very, very close. It would be more so of a Brent Venables and Dylan Gabriel decision. Um, Nobody on the outside would probably make that. So just to add that in there, maybe it changes. Maybe Oregon with, like you said, a $3 million offer or $2 million offer comes in and says, hey, if you want this money you're not playing, that could obviously change things. But as we sit here right now on December 5th, I think it would be more so of a internal uh, Norman discussion than it would be somebody on the outside making a putting on an influence for that.
1: All right. Well, we'll we'll move off from Dylan Gabriel. We're going to talk a little bit about the the bowl cube quarterback situation in our in our next uh, segment. So we'll move down this list and we'll move to a guy who I think maybe a slightly quicker discussion, maybe the quickest one. We're all presuming Tyler Guyton's not is is going to the NFL, and we presume he's not going to play in the bowl game. Did, does anybody have any issues with that, Caleb? You, do we really have any issues with that at this point? Uh,
2: no, I mean I, I don't know the, the the severity of his injury uh, at the end of the year. I don't know if it was a concussion uh, before he's banged up something. If it was something else, it, was, it seemed a little odd when Brent you know mentioned you know hey, he was he was available could have played him, but we want to play Jake Sexton. He's been playing so well. Uh, no, I don't. I mean. I think we talked about this with Tyler, right? Like Tyler, he's going to be I think potentially a top 10 pick. Uh but that's going to that his his draft stock is by and large based on his developmental runway as the NFL views it. Like his upside, what he's going to be. Like he'll look at him and say, "Okay, you've had some really great tape and, you know, pass pro. Let's take it. Right. You've had some not so great stuff here and there on film in the run game. Uh it's been up and down. But He's going to go out there. And he's going to test like a freak, and the and that's what it's about, right? He's got those traits. The NFL knows it's not about. They're not trying to you know have Tyler Guyton in twenty twenty three. They want Tyler Guyton in 2026, and so on. They want that version of him. So I don't know what he gains. To be honest with you, he, you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna change much for him. And it's a little bit similar to you know even like with the with the Jackson Arnold. Like if uh, from every side, from every point point of view. Right. There's for Oklahoma, if it, you you want to get whether it's Jake Taylor or Jacob Sexton, those reps in that game, because those are your guys moving forward. Uh, same thing with, you know, Dylan Gabriel is not going to be your quarterback anymore. And Jackson Arnold's already burned his red shirt. Well, it would be great to have an entire month to build a thorough game plan around just him. Right. We're going to say, here are the things you do. Great. Here's what you're comfortable with. Here's what you're not. And here's what we're going to go do. Uh, And that's just experience and hopefully confidence that guys like, you know, I think Sexton's good there, but, you know, Jake Taylor is a really good example of someone I think that could probably use, you know, uh, some reps. I don't know if he's played in four and if he's at that max point, but is that how does that work with bowl games? Can you he can he can he can play in the bowl game? Okay, you? that's fantastic. Yeah, then I think you know without without imp-
1: without impacting his red shirt, it's a weird it's a weird. It's a, rule there. And
2: they're making it up on the fly. Yeah. The NCAA is like just lick their finger and stick it like I think that that sounds good today. Let's go with that. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm good with it, Blake. Yeah. you – yeah, I'm right
0: me. there with you, Caleb. I'm right there with you. I mean, at the end of the day, this is uh, this is an O-line that we know will feature Jacob Sexton as starting role. Jacob Taylor is well, likely in a starting role next season. Depending on what happens with Portals, we'll get into that later. But this is this is simple. I mean, it's the same as Jackson R. Let's see what we have going forward into next season. Um, you look at just last season in the bowl game, right? That Florida State game. A lot of people thought OU was going to go out there and get killed, right? A lot of new faces and whatnot. What we saw was a lot of bright spots. We saw Gavin Solchuk. I mean, he's the big highlight that you think of right away. Dang, he played phenomenal. That was kind of the breakout party that got everybody so excited to go into this season. Somebody like that will emerge again. Maybe it's somebody on the O-line. We don't know. Maybe it's Jackson Arnold. Who knows? At the end of the day though, you have to go with the new because the old will simply not be here next year. So no, I'm 100% with you. Um, Wish Guyton the best of luck. Uh, He's going to go first round. He's going to get paid a lot of money. So happy for him. Uh, but it it's it needs to be some new faces on that o line for sure
1: if even if it was if it was close i i think anton harrison's having a great year with the jags so you know i think if i'm a nfl guy i'm like well you know the jags got harrison he probably should have gone 10 spots higher with how he's playing why am i going to let the guy who his coach says is athletically better than him you know fall in the draft because Bill's, you know, that's what Bill said. Bill's, Bill said that he's more talented than Harrison just physically. So, um, all right. Somebody who's already in LA, they're not on the portal. They haven't said they're not playing in the bowl game, but they're apparently in LA working out with a draft combine agent kind of service. So what do we think of Andrew Rain walking away, Caleb? Are Are we like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Let's just move on.
2: A little bit, right?
1: Because we thought we thought you come back play offensive guard. That's what I you and I talked about that a lot. But I think that he seems to be working on his tan right now. Not really worried about a ball
2: game. It's a weird one to me. And I I thought of all the players, uh, you know, having watched the draft for as long as I have, and and just you know following it i think he's likely to be a late round pick you know as you get into those late rounds they place a lot of value on just time, experience time on the field like you know time uh, under pressure and you see it for years you'll see uh you know Kind of two parts. Drafted late, you see a lot of traits like, hey, the guy, his measurements are great. Film's not fantastic, but you know the pedigree. We think we can get him in the league and coach him up, and and the, those traits translate. And the other side of that is you get late in the draft, and I mean, he's talked about forever, right? Like what? So I, a lot of coaches talked about different Big Ten players where. <laughs> it's just from a scouting perspective, it's like, well, you know what, when it comes to like big 10 offensive linemen at these three schools, I know exactly what I'm getting. This kid was a three or four year starter and he's played against great competition. And so we trust that. And I think, uh rain will fall into that. I think he'll he's gonna have the benefit of the doubt where folks are gonna look at it and be like, well he played, he started for what is it now? Three years, four, three and a half, four years under Bill Biedenbow at Oklahoma. We know the Oklahoma offensive line pedigree. We know Bill. If if Ray started, you know, we're at least going to draft him late. I think I'm with you. I think he would have benefited him to have returned. He's never had a full off season where he got in the weight room. And like to be as I guess as just straightforward as you want, right? Like he is the he's got a dad bod at like twenty years old. You know, it's like he's uh he's not a Imposing physical specimen with a big barrel chest and really, you know, a uh, ext- you know, real strong guy. He's just not. I think he would have really benefited from returning in another year of the physical development. How much that would have impacted him, you know, having another year with Schmitty and sliding to guard. Does that move him from sixth to third, sixth to fourth, sixth to fifth? Where does that? How does that change things? You know, in the ultimate grand scheme of things. I probably like Everett as a sinner, as a pure sinner, as much as as much as I, I think, you know, Rame had some 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 warts with him in terms of like pad level that he struggled with kind of consistently, hands that he struggled with, you know, some actually odd things for given that he him being such the veteran that he was, that you would see him struggling with some of the consistency things as it related to technique late in his career, you'd have thought he would have been just a, a technician on that end. But, you know, it's I guess a little bit similar, right? If you're not returning, go ahead and go because you know what we would like to do, we would love to give Troy Everett an entire month working at center, getting ready to go with uh with Jackson Arnold uh at quarterback because, you know, these are these are things you're gonna those are reps, and all that practice time is going to be invaluable as Oklahoma starts out the season next year against what was it, Tulane or or uh, whoever it is. So, I mean, it's you you want that, even though Everett is a an experienced guy, you want
0: more reps. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Caleb. One thing about Andrew Rain that is interesting that a lot of people don't talk about. You see, Sooner fans all the time complaining about the O line, complaining about Andrew Rain uh, specifically. He was all Big 12 second team. Like he, he did have a good season. Um, he, he had a good season. He will be missed despite quite frankly, nobody but us, I guess, talking about him. He will be missed. Um, I would have liked to see him come back, as you said, but ever, I think he'll do a fine job. Um, I'm, once again, we keep talking about O line. I keep stressing it. The transfer portal. It's open. It's alive and well. What will happen? Spencer Brown and tackle. Like there, there are going to be a lot of moving pieces. Um, in The portal, and I think there's a real chance. Oh, you could upgrade uh next season, even at that center position, a, maybe by a move or two. Yeah,
2: that's, a, that's actually a really valid point. You know, the uh, the, the kid that they offered out of Michigan State today, looking at him, I know yes. he played guard this year, but he has played center at Michigan State as well. Uh, there's another. You know, Another kid that's hit the portal. I don't know if Bill's following him out of Ohio State. I want to say he started the entire year this year for Ohio State, and the majority of it at center has played guard and center for them. So there's going to be. I mean, you know, Troy Everett was a, a portal guy, was uh, App State center last year. So I, I'm I'm, uh, I'm banging that drum with you, <laughs> Blake. I you know, to me, this class and we talked about it right I, ad nauseum, Chris. You know. Yeah, you need you, have- you need a, you need a big high school low line class but just given the things that that Lincoln did as it related to numbers bill was always going to have to you know use this year to go out and really just hammer the portal so it's good that there's some guys entering in early
1: well speaking of of Lincoln Riley and small offensive line classes and Bill not having the numbers he needed and needing to hit basically hundred percent for some of these small classes. Uh, the last member of the 2021 offensive line class has now hit the portal. Uh, we lost Col- we lost Colin Montgomery, who I'm not sure where he ever ended up. Um, Memphis and now he hit at Memphis. Okay, so now now Savion Bird has hit. Let's let's hit the first name where maybe things are a little a little sideways and maybe. We're a little bit like, yeah, maybe we would have liked to see him come back for another year. But Savion Bird has hit the portal. Uh, I would, I don't, I would presume he's not going to be part of the 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 bowl team. Um, but that's an assumption on my part. OU's OU's offensive line numbers are not great, so maybe uh, that's a bill. Maybe that's a bill and Brent discussion with Savion in terms of that, in terms of being at least an emergency backup if something happens. Um, but is but leaving Oklahoma, Caleb? Let's just let's just cut down to it. Is, is Savion making the right call, and is OU basically making the right call to say, "Yeah, thank, thanks for your contributions." Um, I, I think it's it's not you, it's me, or it's you. It it is you, and and you know they're we're, they're just they're breaking up, right? They're, I don't want to say it's being processed, but I think this is OU saying, "Yeah, it's just it's not clicking here." yeah,
2: and, and yeah I don't know. Like The whole backstory there, if it was, uh, because you've heard chatter that he's likely to land at SMU, uh, and he was, I think, almost committed, or did, he didn't ever commit to SMU, did he? But close,
1: no, that's where he was, that's where he was going to go, though. which was odd, yeah. right?
2: He's a, he was a top 100, maybe top 150 kid that was offers from everywhere, and it came down to SMU, jo- joining,
1: joining Kamar Wheaton, who almost went to SMU out of high school as well, yeah,
2: yeah. So, honestly, yeah, I'm a. Uh, this one pains me because you know, I remember last year, start of 2022, I think it was the first game, and you'd see him come in and and when he was out there and when he has it turned on, when he is right and when he is focused and when he gets after it, he can be, you know, whatever he wants to be. And I've said that a bunch about him. And you watch him, it's like, hey, kid, if you want to go be a first round draft pick and play in the NFL for eight, nine years, you can do that. Uh, I think he's just a young kid that struggles. I mean, just struggles with consistency. I think in every single way. You know, it's, you kind of watch that Tulsa film, and, and you know, before they pulled him, it, I don't know if he was hurt. There was times where he was just kind of he'd latch onto a guy and then just stand there, uh, and so just if he's unsure of himself, you know, where he's at, I think it's you know i hate to say it like i think it's a good probably a great thing for both sides because i think the most you were going to get out of uh, savion for for oklahoma next year was be a backup right and there you're asking yourself like gosh <laughs> Even as a backup, what version of are we going to get of you? Are we going to get the guy that's, you know, locked in and playing nasty and rolling people? Or are we going to get the guy, you know, like against SMU where, you know, first couple first drive, you're like, oh gosh, we've got to get him off the field or he'll get us beat today. Uh, you just don't know. And so he's one of those guys where you know, I think, as you know, Blake alluded to, you can look at the portal and you can say, well, you know, I, I maybe I can go get this kid from Michigan State. He can come in and be a backup guard for us on both sides. May not have the the pure upside that Savion has, but in the in the words of Jerry Glanville, right, uh, former Falcons coach, he you know said, "Son, your your potential is going to get me fired." And like at some point, you know, your the the potential has to come to fruition. And you got to put it together on the field. And Savion will be going into his fourth year, so maybe it's just best for everybody to get a, a change of scenery. And man, uh, I hope for that kid's sake, he gets to SMU, being close to home, and he locks in because again, he's got the ability to go out and and have and go play in the NFL. Uh, he he really does if he you know gets his gets his weight up to three twenty and is focused and plays with. The right effort uh, and the right intensity and, and the technique, you know, he, he can go do what he wants. But that's a risky proposition when Oklahoma's going into uh, the SEC with again an offensive line unit, an offensive line room that got how about, you would probably say gutted by some decisions that Lincoln made before he left. Of like, well, let's not take any kids here, and let's let's not evaluate
0: anybody in this class because of COVID. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Caleb. You nailed this. Like It's it's unfortunate because he. you never want to lose somebody who you can say, you know, I can see him playing on Sundays. You never want to lose somebody who you evaluate like that. With that being said, you can then go to the next end say, and say, or I can see him being a good third-string lineman on our team. It's that you need to have consistency, especially at that level, especially at the University of Oklahoma. And at the end of the day, maybe it is going to SMU, a Texas school, going closer to home that's going to make it click for him. Hopefully it is, because as we all agree, he is the type of guy who should be playing on Sundays. He really is. He is very, very good. He has a very high ceiling, um, and that's why it sucks losing him, because as we're saying, he has this type of upside. But at the end of the day, you need people who you can rely on for not four games, not five games, but 12 games. You need players who you can rely on for twelve games that you know at least okay. They, they, everybody has an off game, but his off games were very. I mean, they were getting pulled. And a player who is that that who can play to that type of height should never be getting benched at a point in the game for a freshman. Just should not happen. So, I mean, it's this is this is a good uh, as you said, Chris. This is a good breakup that needs to happen. Hopefully, the change of scenery can help him. Um, definitely stinks losing somebody that has his upside. But once again, if it's taking up a scholarship, taking up an O-line spot that you can replace with somebody in the portal, I'm all for it. You just have to go, uh, you have to go be aggressive and get somebody.
1: All right. Moving to, I think, maybe the most interesting name that's, that, that popped in the portal, at least from my perspective, having you know, tracked the kid recruiting-wise. What do we think about the Dalen Smothers decision? Start with you, Caleb. I'm
2: I'm I mean, I'm that one sucks, honestly.
1: I'm like I'm like God, he's God the one. Damn it.
2: Yeah, honestly, you look at the list of everybody that left and every single one of them, you know. I think we talked about with Rame. I think you would have loved to have seen him come back and have a, you know, a stellar off season just spent in the weight room and slides over to guard. Uh and that, that would have lessened Oklahoma's need to go get, you know, a, a portal guard, maybe. But of all of everybody else, you know, you I think he is the one you look at and you say, Man, it just sucks. Because whether it was the spring game with a couple of runs that he had, or even this past year, I was like one against Tulsa, uh, maybe one against uh God, who else? Arkansas State. There was just some stuff you saw from him. You are like, oh, okay, he's got a little bit more juice than the other guys in that backfield. You know, maybe, maybe he doesn't have the sixty meter or the one hundred meter that uh, Sawchuck has, but his zero to full tilt is, you know, one step, right? He, he's able to just accelerate, and, uh, and that one does suck. Yeah, you know, I don't know. He. It's, you know, he left for what, a week or so there in, uh, you know what, this is a podcast, like this is throwing it all out there. Like we heard during the summer, basically that North Carolina State was tampering with him and North Carolina State was working hard with his mother. And they were saying, hey, get him back here. We've got money. North Carolina State tried to flip him late in the process and they busted their ass tampering the whole way. He'll probably land at North Carolina State, uh, you know, but it sucks. It really, you know, kid's gonna go home and, and play closer to you know at a at a mid level shit program. I mean, but I'm just that's, that's bitterness speaking there because I like that kid. Uh, so, but that one does hurt because I do think you know if you told me in the bowl game that uh, you know don't know if Barnes if he's 100 percent healthy with that toe if they're still going to rest him, but if you told me in the bowl game that it was going to be you know Smothers would you know uh, catch. You know, four or five balls for fifty yards and rush for sixty, you know, or seventy-five yards. I'd said, and you know, have a hundred and twenty-five or hundred and thirty yards all-purpose. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I absolutely see that because I think he's got big, big, big burst run in the third or fourth quarter. Yeah, I think he's just got you that know. ability that you know he's the type of kid you can get in there and things get blocked up well one time. He makes one guy miss, and that's where it hurts. I think of all the guys yeah. in that room, he was the one guy in that room that can make a defender miss consistently in space one-on-one. The rest of them seem to, you know, you know, maybe the best chance is to to get a glancing blow
0: and run through trash. But uh, yeah, that one sucks. So you have to, and don't get me wrong, Caleb, I get what you're saying. Like you never like losing your RB one of the previous class, right? Like there's no way of sugarcoating that at the end of the day though, you have to maybe think, you know, he's, He's coming into a, you could say young RB room, because a lot of people thought it would be the Solchuk and Barnes show, didn't play, as we were talking about, and now he knows what's coming up behind him, RB1 of the 2024 class five-star Taylor Tatum. How much of that do you think, honestly, impacts the decision? For me, it's a lot. I think it's him maybe saying with a little self-reflection, okay, Gavin Solchuk, he's obviously RB1. Sooner fans are already anticipating Taylor Tatum being here. He's RB2 next season. Next thing you know, I'm wasting another year where I'm probably fighting for that RB2 spot at best, but more than likely RB3. So, I mean, I I don't know. I don't—it stinks because, like I said, he was RB1 of last season, but he's not— I I I, don't—I think it makes sense, honestly. It's kind of like Marcus Major and Toby Walker. Probably weren't going to play that much next season. I don't know. What what do you think about uh, Taylor Tatum playing, though, Caleb?
2: Yeah, you know, you bring up a really valid point, and I think from uh, you know ammo that I'm sure NC State used, and even just from
1: I think you just I think Blake, you just detailed NC State's uh, tamper tamper exactly. uh, their, their 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 script the like, right yeah. this this is their script like hey you are you'd be our number one Oklahoma has like another number one guy coming in. Come be a member of the Wolf Pack, <laughs> yo! Go Wolf Pack. Um, so I, I think you, I think you nailed it. So
2: yeah, I mean, honestly, the the case you make there, I mean, so you look at he had what I'm looking at it right now. Eleven carries this year. He caught one ball, so he had 12 touches and played in four games. Uh, and obviously, some guys were going to leave in front of him. But yeah, I, I mean, in for a kid that left for a week and thought about leaving you know that it might have been Taylor Tatum maybe was about all that he needed when you added up hey I didn't play as much as I thought I was going to or as much as I feel like I should have and I would have earned uh from a talent perspective and then you're going to bring in Taylor Tatum uh to this to this room I, it, yeah I mean and that's honestly it's a fair assessment Blake to say like Hey, as talented as, as Dalen Smothers is, there is also a world that even if he maximized that talent at Oklahoma, it's never more than being like the second fiddle to Taylor Tatum and to, you know, saw Chuck, uh, and who knows who, and who knows who DeMarco might bring in behind, you know, further. Uh, I hate that Andy Bass towards ACL, but, uh, you know, it, it, yeah. So it's, there's, there's definitely, I think, something there. So, in some ways, you could probably make a case that as much of like a little asshole rant as I went on against NC State there, that maybe this is a best decision <laughs> yeah. for Dalen because he's really good chance he could go to NC State, likely will be like RB1, you know, could be an all ACC type runner at NC State while he's watching, you know, Taylor Tatum. You know, play in the SEC and and, and Oklahoma do it in a different way. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a valid point
0: because uh, you know this is this is the best opportunity for him. I mean, simply put, like this is as much as it sucks sitting here talking about this one because this is somebody who we all covered and said has that type of upside. He has the it factor. He has the explosiveness, as you said, Caleb, the ability to make anybody miss. This is probably the best decision for him just because of the simple fact of Gavin Solchuk. Still don't know about Javante Barnes, right? And then as we're talking about here, you have a guy by the name of Taylor Tatum, Tatum, who is a five-star, who is coming in. So, I mean, that backfield is about to get insanely loaded. Plus, once again, I'm Mr. Portal over here. You never know. You never know. I mean, we just saw good old Rocket Sanders enter the portal. Who knows if DeMarco will call anybody? We don't know. I mean, we do know that he had... Issues uh, committing to one guy this season. Maybe he would like a second option and not have to rely on Taylor Tatum. Who knows? We don't know if Javante leaves, could they go after somebody? So, I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces. Um, I, I saw the tweet. I think it was yesterday. It was obviously a joke, but uh, it was on three, was posting somebody who entered the portal. And the top reply to it was, can you just tell us who hasn't entered the portal instead? It'd probably be easier. Gosh, and it's a yeah. joke, obviously, but it's, it's true. It's, it's not true. much of a There's joke. A lot of there
2: options. was, uh, exactly. Oh, almost 1100, like division one yep. football players. It's like 1,080 entered the portal on the first day. Now, granted, that's what
0: I'm saying. It's I have to laugh because West.
2: it reminded me of the old Mike Leach line. You remember whenever they were asking him and he was at Texas Tech, Blake, you're probably too young to remember it. It's when tech was, it's when he had tech really good, like in 2008. And they asked, like, hey, what's the difference? You know, it's taken you a while to get here. Oklahoma and Texas are really good. Why what's the difference? he said, Oh, it's the line of scrimmage. Those they were able to recruit the line of scrimmage differently. And he said, you know, in the best Mike Leach way ever, you know, he said, just go down to the mall. Walk around. Tell me how many six foot six, 280 pound kids you see walking that can chew bubble gum and walk at the same time. He's like, You can't find them. He's like, Now five foot 10, 175 pound kids, they're a dime a dozen. You can't throw a rock without hitting 10 of them. And you look at the portal, there's 1,080 kids. I bet 600 of them are wide receivers. It's like <laughs> the number of wide receivers in the portal is wild. But you know, we should bring up another good point, like Blake, and it's something. And we've talked about it on the pod, Chris. I don't and nobody knows like just like what the issue was in that running back room because every you know we saw Smothers in the spring flash, you saw him in the first you know in in some early games, like kind of flash the things that we heard on Caleb Hicks from everybody I mean, you had Teddy you know on their podcast saying, and it wasn't just Teddy, we were hearing stuff from people that were you know at practice. You know, almost every day, and they're being like, "Yeah, he looks like he's one of our best players." Disappeared, and it dropped out. Disappeared. Yeah, I think he disappeared. Caleb Hicks had one, had what, three carries (laughs) this year. Just barely played. (laughs) Uh, Hasn't played since Tulsa, right? Yeah. So, how that room got managed, I don't know. That could play in it as well. That could have played into it, and it might just be a byproduct of like Demarco was a bit of an old school you know, uh grinder it's like, hey, I want things done this way. Uh don't know if that's the case. But uh there are probably a lot of factors for that, uh, you know, of of what made that a good decision ultimately for for Dalen, but just sucks for OU.
1: One last thing is Dalen missed his senior year, so maybe part of that NC State, you know, script and getting him to transfer is you said you just sat at Oklahoma for a year. You need to you need to get knock off the rust. You Need to start playing more. You missed your senior year of high school. Now you've missed your freshman year. It's it's two years since you've really been carrying the football. Let's come here. We're going to feed you the carries. Knock off the rust and get your game going. So um, I think that that could be a factor there as well. All right, we're going to move on to the bowl changes here and who should be playing where, what. Guys should be getting more time. we talked a little bit about this, but let's just clarify it real quick. So if Dylan Gabriel wants to play the ball game, if Dylan Gabriel is can play the ball game NCA wise believe, we're not sure on that, and if Oregon is like, oh yeah sure, we don't care if you, you play the ball game or not but but who should be who sh- just 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 clarify your comments from earlier, Caleb, who should be starting the Alamo Ball?
2: Oh, Jackson Arnold, like that, to me, even from an old school perspective, like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and I think Brent's probably wired this way a little bit. Right. I mean, it's us versus the world. And the moment you say you're not with us, you're against us. Like, I love you. Great drive against Texas. I'm going to kick your ass whenever we play. You know, like that's how I would view it. You know, like hope I see you at Oregon. You know, uh, I'm I'm just kind of probably wired that way, but I think Brent's not all that dissimilar. And you know, uh, Jackson's red shirt's already been burned. Like I say, I, I would just love to see. I don't. I guess where, where I'm going there is, what's the upside of playing Dylan Gabriel in that game? If it's a feeling of, well, I think we owe him something. Well, not really. Uh, and I don't mean that like in a mean way. I think you know it was a, a mutual relationship that worked out really well for both sides. He would have been the backup to, you know, uh, who, who was it? Chris, you just mentioned like Robinson, right? Uh,
0: DTR, DT- UCLA. Yeah,
2: yeah. He was going to UCLA. He would have backed up DTR at UCLA, and then you know he he probably would have been UCLA starter this year. You know, and I would assume next year as well. He maybe have stayed. Who knows. You might have bounced uh, after one year. Things didn't go great at UCLA uh, this year, offensively for for Chip Kelly. But uh, I think it's you know I think Dylan's doing what's right by him, and uh, I think you wish him the best. Uh, I just don't, you know, what's Dylan going to gain as well from playing in that ball game? You know, he's played a ton of football, you know, one more game really for him is just risk on being injured when he's going to go try to get an NIL uh, payment from from Oregon, most likely. So to me, it's just, hey, you know, from upside, you know, mitigating risk, all of that, it would be to go with Jackson. And, and, and you know, and if Dylan wants to be a part of the bowl prep and wants to be there and help mentor him, I think that'd be great. I think I do think that you could get some you could get some you know something out of that for Jackson. But
0: uh, you know, that would be the extent of it. I'm right there with you, Caleb. Secondly, something we need to talk about here. There's a whole n- another element with this. There's two new offensive coordinators in Norman. We have not addressed that part of this bowl prep yet. Seth Latrell and Joe John Finley, they have 15 days. They have 15 days, they essentially have a month um to get ready for the game and whatnot. You would think they'd prefer to do that with their QB1 of the future, not one more game of dylan gabriel you know what i mean because i feel like you have to you you more than likely will not just can completely continue levy system into this game we're going to see much more of an error raid like we saw with latrell at previous times north texas kansas etc so i think it's pretty safe to say it's going to be a little bit different of an offense and i think it has to start with your quarterback i don't think you bring dylan gabriel back put together a completely new offense for this bowl game it just doesn't it simply does not make sense If you're going to make changes, you've already obviously made them at OC, make the change at quarterback too. Let us see what Sooner fans have to look forward to or possibly dread. I don't know whichever way that one goes going into 2024. But I think OU fans, they need a glimpse into the future and more than anything the staff does too. The staff needs to see, okay, Seth, you know, you and Joe John did this. This was a disaster. Let's not go to our third quarter plan. Whatever they're going to evaluate the game differently, right? People smarter than me can talk on that. Simply put, they need to have their QB in there, not somebody who you know is gone after this
2: season. That is an interesting. You, so you touched on something I think is interesting, and I don't think it'll happen. I don't want to put this juju out into the ether, you know. Like, but there is like the reality. Like, what if? What if? Uh, you know, they roll with Jackson. They don't game plan. does things don't go well? Arizona's got a pretty decent defense. I think they're ranked like 37th overall. Although their yards per play given up is you know, like only a tenth of a yard. Uh, you know, uh, less than what Oklahoma gives. It. I think Oklahoma gives it like five point three seven yards per play. Arizona five point two seven. So it's not. They've played you know played less snaps, so we all know that, right? Uh Lebby loves tempo for the sake of tempo, uh as opposed to like it's like the old uh John Wooden line. Never mistake activity for achievement. He should he should read that book. Uh I digress. But uh, you know, there's a possibility. Like, what if they go out there and they fall on their face and you're left going like, oh shit, maybe Jackson, you know, what do we got here? I don't think that's gonna happen. But the upside is I think this is a reality too if they go out Jackson tears it up is dropping deep ball like seeds left and right to you know to 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 Nick Anderson and, and Jaden Gibson and they get Thompson out there and they integrate him in there and throw some you know that's also the type of thing where everybody loves the story going into next year and the hype that creates is you know Oklahoma would finish top 10 and then they're probably going to be ranked yeah. top five yeah. going into next year because it would be like, oh, we all saw what Jackson are. Well, hey, you remember what happened whenever Casey Thompson had a great bowl game against. I don't even remember who it was against. And people were like, oh, Casey Thompson for Heisman. And it was like, he didn't even, you know, he's like a near 10. Yeah. Now. Well,
1: well, let's just talk about the ultimate one-game superstar performance, right? Shit. I mean, yeah. I mean TK9. Um, against Bama, right? He, <laughs> he never looked that good again. So hopefully that's not. I, do, I still don't know how that's possible.
2: To- I don't know how that's possible to come out in one game and he looked like, I don't know, he looked like Brett Favre on Brett the night he played like the day after <laughs> his dad died. I don't. Yeah, it was crazy.
0: I, I, I'm right there with you though, Caleb. Like that, that's the thing that we have to think about too, though. You look at, like I said earlier, you look at the Cheeses Bowl from last season. That was kind of, everybody knew, okay, it's going to be the young guys that Sooner fans are going to be able to watch for. It's going to be the staff evaluating the new guys. This game should be treated no different because at the end of the day, in the era we are of college football, the last year of the true BCS, or excuse me, New Year Six uh, setup with obviously 12-team playoff next season, these games are more of seeing what you have to look forward to, not necessarily like the closure of your season. As weird as that might sound, like, most of these teams, you look at Ohio State, Missouri, Missouri should probably kill them. They're going to have a lot of players coming back. Ohio State's going to be without their offense and Marvin Harrison Jr. So you look at quite a few things like that, and I mean, it's really no different for OU. Obviously, Arizona, as you said earlier, probably not going to have many opt-outs. Um, I don't believe they do. So yes, it's going to be a tough challenge. It's going to be a tough game. I was talking to actually Gavin Freeman about this today. Um, was just walking and talking with him, and he was... Not the happiest of the Sooners being snubbed of a New Year's Six. There's no hiding that one. But he did acknowledge that this is a fun matchup with Arizona. Uh, Fafita's a phenomenal quarterback. It's the new Big 12 team versus old Big 12, the rulers of the Big 12, right, um, who's heading to the SEC. So there's a lot of fun storylines in the Valero-Alamo Bowl, um, which make this matchup interesting. But on the Jackson Arnold point of it, as you alluded to, maybe it's the deep bomb, whatever it might be. We need to see what he can do. Not us, but the staff. They need to be able to see what he can do. Seth Luttrell, Joe John Finley, they need to be able to scheme and say, okay, we have at least four quarters versus a very good top 15 football team that we can watch of you, Jackson. We have to look at this all year long and see what you did right, what you did wrong. As staff, they have to look and say, okay, what throws was he making very well? We talked about Dylan Gabriel, maybe outside the numbers. Wasn't the best inside. The numbers was better. Height maybe plays a role in that. Who knows? With that being said, you have to evaluate Jackson in the same light. We have to see what does he do well, what does he do bad. You go to the RB room. It's the same way, right? Um, obviously, is it Javante Barnes who's going to play more this game? Hey, and you jump,
1: you, you jump topics on me, Blake. So there, there, there we go. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, so yeah, let's I, 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 let's, hinting let's hinting roll in. Room, let's yeah. so let's roll into running back. So. I'm going to give you guys a scenario. You tell me how we, how it plays out for you. Okay, Smothers, Major, and Walker are all out of the ball game. How much should we see Caleb Hicks?
2: Like the, I believe the correct term would be shit ton. I think is that is that right? <laughs> I mean, I, it's the same. Right? I, I, it's a little bit similar. So first off, let me say, Blake, like I'm a traditionalist. As it relates to like just college football in general, I mean, I believe wholeheartedly if someone said, Caleb, we're going to make you commissioner of college football, I would fix it. Because again, like I've talked about this, right? <laughs> well, you know, the thing it needs to do is we're going to go to like 10, 10, you can do 10, 18 leagues. Is what I would probably do. And I would say, everybody's going to play out of conference only within those groupings. And we're going to, everybody's going to have, we're going to put them in like really kind of quadrants of, you know, like a little bit more regional. So you can really even it out and balance it out. But because you're going to have those, you know, five games annually of, you know, cross, uh, you know, division or cross whatever, right. Games, you can keep all of your traditional rivalries alive, you know anyway and then you would just seed your playoff from that you know all eight pod winners basically roll in then you have four at large but you nailed it as it relates to bowl games they don't matter anymore like the whole you know like getting in the Rose Bowl when Oklahoma got in against Washington State this being a huge deal cuz Oklahoma never played in the Rose Bowl these things just they don't have the to people opt out everybody's hitting the portal this is about development so I'd look at the running back situation, same as like kind of with the quarterback. Like, what do you have in Caleb Hicks? Like, what do you have? Like, let's find out. Like, okay, if if you know if Barnes is if he's healthy, you want to play him obviously as well because he's already burned that shirt. But if he still need to nurse that foot, I mean, get Caleb Hicks.
1: Well, you want to get see if we get him on track, right? Just see if we can get a flash of what he was before. Yeah, I think he just but wanna- if you can't, but if you can. You go Sorchuk, and then you want to find out what Caleb and you want to reinforce to Caleb Hicks like, look, guys are leaving. The brass ring is here for you to grab right yep. now. Yeah. Rabbit. You know, because that's, you know, my only thing on the Q quarterback situation was that I think you go Jackson Art, if nothing else, because the OU fan base is dying to watch that kid play a game, right? I mean, ratings. Yeah. I mean, otherwise cause otherwise it's if Dylan Gabriel starts the Alamo Ball, I'll be honest, guys, I might, you know, go out to dinner with my wife near our anniversary. <laughs> and and come back and watch the watch the game on tape delay, right? Yeah. But if uh, but if Jackson Arnold's starting, I'm I'm front and front and center, you know, from from the hop. Uh, but a little bit like that too. But at running back, I think it's the same thing. So so Blake, in that scenario, I laid out. You know, Marcus Major's looking for a new home. Tyree Walker's looking for a new home. Do you have any Do you have any read on where you think Tyree may go? Maybe going.
0: Yeah, I actually do. Um, they're. I've been hearing a little bit about Indiana. Obviously, new staff there and everything. Uh, San mccullough connection, we all know about that. I've been told Indiana could be a home for him. Um, he's getting quite a bit of interest. I know that as well. Um, I can confirm that. So it'll be interesting. I, I have not heard anything on Marcus Major yet. Um, I hope it works out great for both of them. They've both given a lot to this university. I think that's the uh, last thing we can say about them. Uh, good running backs. We appreciate their time here. But on to the bowl game, it is time for new, as we said, Caleb Hicks. Uh, it's going to be the Gavin Solcheck show. So I don't, I, it's, it's going to be very interesting, right? Um, we saw DeMarco Murray shuffle running backs all season long. He now no longer has running backs to shuffle through. So we will see how he handles that. Uh, Will it simply be 25 carries a game for each player? I don't know. I don't know what will happen. Um, Once again, nobody else is bringing him up. Javante Barnes. Nobody talks about Javante Barnes is coming back next season. Everybody has kind of ruled that one out. Caleb, I'm asking you this. Why? Why why has everybody lost hope on the guy who looked like the star last season?
2: Gosh, he looked so much better in the bowl game when they really got him on the perimeter and on the edge. You know, I don't know. I think probably it's a expectations got recalibrated to everything he gave Oklahoma as a true freshman was. Hey, it was you know icing on top of the cake where Eric was your Eric Gray was your guy, and so then the expectations got reset that bowl game to like, oh, you're going to be a thousand yard back next year. You're going to be our lead dog, and he just wasn't. His vision wasn't there. There were some things that just weren't there. uh, I think. It's a combination, probably you know, in terms of uh, just the the scheme, things not working well, his vision not being there. But he he is one of the guys. Looks like a million bucks. I want to see whether it's the bowl game or or next year. If some of the changes that are going to be made with the offense and, and some of the scheme stuff, does Seth Luttrell find a way? Because one of the things you know, Seth with his time at at Indiana, like I remember. Uh, It's one of the reasons Urban Meyer hired Kevin Wilson is when they played him the way Indiana ran the outside zone. Urban Meyer was like, "Shit, I we we need to be running the outside zone like Indiana runs the outside zone." And that's Kevin Coleman, uh, Javante Barnes. Those are not too far off. Well, he didn't catch Tevin have Coleman for like eighteen hundred yards at in Indiana his junior year, or fourteen hundred or something. I mean, but, but size wise, no, yeah. What he, I mean, and even he's not Eric Gray, right? No, physically he's not Eric even, Gray. Even style, I think that's more. I, I do think that's a better, better fit. I, I don't. I think what Oklahoma was doing last year, and, and we'll see how much of that continues. Uh, you know, I, I just it's not a not a great fit for him. That inside like duo, and yeah, it's just not. It was not a a great fit. Uh, So I'm interested to see in a new scheme,
0: how's he look. And you have to wonder, the fact that he hasn't entered the portal yet, he is somebody, if he went, he's going to get a lot of attention, right? Just because of what he did a year ago. There's going to be a lot of eyes on him. It's going to be the conversation of, was he injured this season? Was it scheme, as you just alluded to, Caleb? Like There's going to be a lot of questions and a lot of hype. He hasn't done that. That has to make you feel as a Sooner fan that he – Might at least want to stay. Um, If he wants to, obviously, staff is not going to argue that, right? He has shown so many flashes for still a very young guy, too, to where you absolutely try to make it work. And who knows? This could be the game. We might be misreading this completely. It might we say, Caleb Hicks, there's a real chance this could be in the Seth Luttrell offense— Who knows Javante Barnes might come out and give OU 12 for 95 in this one. And sooner fans across the nation are going to be livid. They are going to be furious, but it would at least be good to see, right? Because we obviously know there are issues in that running back room right now. You're currently just about three deep. So hopefully Javante doesn't portal out. Um They need him for this game, definitely. And I I would not be shocked. I'm going to say this right now and take my shot. I think Javante Barnes goes for over 80 if he plays in the bowl game. I think he has a game. It's a gut feeling. There's no sourcing behind that one. More of a gut feeling and a uh, take I'm going to make right now that a lot of people are probably going to disagree with. But I think he has himself a day if he does indeed play in that game.
1: Well, let's talk about the guys that could give him that day. So, Caleb our pod seems to have been a story of the O line and recruiting on the field ever since we all year long we've been talking about this. I see so that
2: horse to death every pod because it's just you, know. you have you
1: have <laughs> you have, you have you have smashed that like it's a like it's a piñata full of full of your whatever your favorite item is. You have hit that O line piñata with a stick um, continually. So let me throw this out to both you and Blake. Okay, so O line wise. Do you do you if do you think Walter Rouse plays? Do you want Walter Rouse to play? Gosh,
2: Ooh. I would say yes. You want Walter Rouse to play? Uh, okay, because I still want to win. And as much as anything, Walter's been fantastic in pass pro. And I don't want to even think about you know one of the defensive ends for uh, for Arizona. When you watch their tape, he's like six six two three. Thirty-five, two forty. He's an edge rusher. He's got some juice off this, off the edge, right? I think he's a redshirt freshman uh, kid out of California. And yeah, I don't want the thought of, uh, you know, Jake Taylor in there being rusty and getting blown by, and that guy just, you know, blowing up Jackson Arnold as he's throwing the ball, and you know, worried about his shoulder or anything. So I think, you know, you want. You want to you want to protect Jackson Arnold, so I mean, I do. I, I really do. I hope that uh, that that he he comes in and plays. Uh, you know, although I, I guess you do could you, say, go ahead.
1: Do you want to see? Okay, so do you want to see Jake Taylor at right guard?
2: Personally, yeah. Yeah. If it's particularly if they're going out right now and they are right, they're targeting multiple tackles in the portal and they're going to try to get, you know, whether it's the is a, a CJ Clark, whoever it is out of New Mexico, you've got Everett out of, uh, I think it might be two kids out of New Mexico or New Mexico state. You've, you've got Everett out of Michigan state. You know, if they're going to be targeting multiple tackles, I really would. I don't know if that means Matoyer's going to, you know, if you can just rotate uh, or whatever that is, but yeah. I mean, if Taylor looked really good in the you know, in the handful of games he played in twenty two at right guard, like he he was he's extremely physical, uh, violent guy. Uh, we haven't got to see him much at right tackle this year. You know, so if you're going to get one for the portal, kind of that same thing, right? Let's get him some more reps at right guard because uh, you know it's those reps will be valuable for him in twenty four. Yeah, like,
0: well, would you right would you agree? Right there with you, Walter Rousey needs to play this game. It makes sense on a lot of fronts why he would play this game. Uh, as you alluded to, Caleb, it makes a lot of sense for OU as well, right? Just simply safety, your quarterback, that's a great starting point. Um, as far as O-line, one name you were talking about him earlier, Spencer Brown. He is the guy to get, in my opinion. He's the 6'6 tackle out of Michigan State. Watch the film. He's good at football. He's very good at football. Um, If you roll out there in 2024 with two tackles in Jacob Sexton and Spencer Brown, I think you have a pretty solid, you have decent edge protection, I feel like. Um, You're going to have a fine O-line. Maybe the interior looks like Jacob Taylor at right guard, Green at left guard, Everett at center. I don't know how that one will shake up. But I think you need to go after Spencer Brown and I think Jacob Sexton is your right tackle. As uh, you said earlier, Jacob Taylor is your right guard. It's that simple. Um, but for the bowl game, Walter Rouse needs to play. And I, I think they are going to be in a much better spot if he does.
1: All right. go a little deeper because he's shirted, but he can play in the bowl game. Caleb, do you want to see my favorite red headed, giant headed offensive offensive lineman, do you want to see the prize? The prize of uh, I forget his town, the town in Washington he's from. Do you? I mean, we're hearing, we're hearing some buzz. Yeah, that's it. We're hearing some buzz about Heath Zetta. If you could get him in the game, third, fourth quarter. Do you want to see any Heath Zetta?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if Oklahoma can find find a way where you know they can come out for some turnovers get up on Arizona and and kind of start to squeeze that and hopefully the defense whatever issues they had the back half you know particularly the BYU and TCU games where you know I don't know what happened they just uh, <laughs> they looked confused it was bad because it, it, it was bad because it was bad mentally it wasn't that's what was so bad about it If they fix that, if they can squeeze on, on Arizona, not give anything up, I think you'd love to see it because, you know, same thing, right? Uh, you want to know what you've got from a competitive depth standpoint moving into 24. And is Heath going to be a guy that can compete for a spot? And even if he can't, even if you know, Hey, you know, Ohio State, Michigan State, Southern Miss, whatever this transfer is going to come in or Jake Taylor is going to kick down to right guard. You want to know. But if we're playing against Texas and it's the third quarter and Jake Taylor rolls his ankle and we gotta bring a guard in, right? We've seen this, you know we can bring Heath in and he's he's gonna he's gonna hold up. So I I plus I'd really like to see uh see what he looks like because there has been some buzz. Uh he always, you know, is you know, a long, big, uh, you know, really well built kid that moves well. So I would like to see, you know, just how physical he is.
0: Yeah, 6'6", 300 coming out of high school. I mean, you you want to see what he can do in a real game scenario. Um, Plus, the simple answer here is, would love to see him because that means Jackson Arnold's debut went perfect. And OU is probably up a couple touchdowns in the third or fourth quarter. So that's the uh, other simple way of giving you an answer there. So yeah, I would love to see him. You always want to see these young guys who you think could potentially make a difference, maybe not next season, but in a future year. You always want to see Caleb Hicks, another guy, and we might see him more, I understand that. But you always want to see that, uh, one, because it means your team's winning big, and two, because it gives you a glimpse, right? You can obviously tell, even just by a few snaps or a few possessions does he have it is he kind of is he a deer in the headlights out there there's so many things to look for that the staff can look for to at least improve on and the best way you make a kid get better is putting him in there giving him real time reps giving him game situations quite frankly once again back to the point of a game that really doesn't matter too much obviously the mojo will be different in Norman if Jackson Arnold comes out and throws 20 for 27 with 320 yards and four touchdowns and a big win, yeah, you're going to feel better about it. But at the end of the day, nobody's career is being defined by the game in the Alamo Bowl. December 28th does not mean too much in the grand scheme of things. At the end of the day, Sooner fans are just looking forward to that 2024 schedule. National signing day is coming up in that 2024 schedule. That's what really matters right now. The debut of Jackson Arnold, it'll be cool to see, but we might as well see any new potential faces. Because that's what you have to look forward to, right? It's it's out with the old, in with the new. And it's it's that way now in bowl games too, unfortunately.
1: So, all right, we're gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna give you guys a quick minute each. What one young defender do you wanna see get reps in the Alamo Dome?
2: Caleb, go first. Honestly, it's funny. I um uh... One young defender, do I want to see you get reps in the outfield? But hasn't got reps this year? Or just hasn't well, got many? Just, well, you want to, or hasn't got many? Just one guy you want to
1: see maybe just, all right, had just a, turn it loose. A bit.
2: I, mean, I would love yeah, to see well, maybe a Jacoby Johnson. Uh, okay. He's played more snaps than I realized, which is actually a fantastic thing from a corner (laughs) that he's been out in the field that much. And I guess you know the teams have not been targeting him, but I mean you just look at the guy physically and you you find yourself you know uh, Oklahoma ran kind of deep this year. I say deep they they went through a lot of corners due to injury, and they're targeting some corners in the portal. It'd be great to see Jacoby come out and just be like, hey. Yeah, well, guess what? I'm I'm the guy opposite Gentry for the next two years. So, go get a go get my backup in the in the portal if you want. I don't care. You know, would love to see something like that because he's got you know he's got physical ability for days.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give you the most chalk answer possible with this one. Give me PJ. I think it'd be awesome to see him go out and uh, sack Noah Fafita a few times. Right? Talk about a young freshman quarterback who is been lighting it up all season um he, he's the type of guy who goes into the portal and gets two and a half three million if he wants to with how he's been playing he could probably get all he wants but he seems committed to arizona and i applaud him for that that's awesome to see um yeah, it's gonna be fun watching.
2: him a quarter of lincoln's
0: salary (laughs) ryan day would give him equity in uh ohio state exactly like it it could he could get almost and he would be everybody's number one quarterback in the portal in my opinion i know he'd be mine right away he's phenomenal and he's incredibly young with that being said seeing a guy like pj come and absolutely dominate the line of scrimmage we've seen him have his moments all season but we still haven't seen the game right we haven't seen the entire game of him playing a lot him absolutely dominating this could be the game this could be the game you could have uh, Todd Bates and company say, let's, let's let us us let let the young guys ball out a little bit more. And who knows, that could be PJ breaking out, if you will. And Ethan Downs was even talking about him today. I'm not sure if you guys saw it. But Ethan Downs was just talking about how he's a freak. And I believe he said he will be one of the most talented players to ever leave the University of Oklahoma. Uh, paraphrasing, but something along those lines. It was massive praise. It was massive praise and him just talking about how P.J. not only is him physically, but he is mentally as well. Um, and that's cool to hear. It's cool to hear, especially because P.J. is a true freshman. So let him go out. Let him wreak havoc. Let us get a little glimpse of what a David Stone and P.J. Uh, D-line might look like in a year or two.
1: I'm going to go with uh, Josiah Wagner. Hopefully he's through whatever knocks he's had. And maybe we can see the the josiah wagner that was getting the Derek Strait comps in uh in, in camp um i know he's certainly not flashed that um on the field yet so um you know get him reset practice get him get him going if we could see some josiah wagner that would be uh that would be an interesting thing for me all right well thanks caleb thanks blake for talking a little bit about little team news some portal exits and maybe what we might see in the bowl game Uh, Thanks everyone for uh, for listening and downloading our podcast. This is the end of part two. Uh, Please subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. And uh, if you have listened to them out of order, please make sure you listen to part one for all of the recruiting news that's currently going on and all of the portal news because the portal madness has started. Thanks for listening and good night.
2: It's that's difficult because I we don't really know who they've offered and who they've not. All right, but we'll just we'll right. go
1: off. We'll go off. Generally speaking, I mean, the Walter, guys,
2: if is Walter Nolan in the portal?
1: I don't think he is. No,
2: not yet. Okay. I mean, it's only been, it's only been, uh, rumored that he's that he's in the portal. No, he's he's, he's, he would he's be,
1: given guys quotes, I am portaling. He's not, okay, he's well, not, the, he's not officially in there yet. Now, maybe he needs to like, maybe he's, maybe someone at A&M said, hey, you got to play the bowl game, dude, before you get your final check uh, out the door. I don't know. Um, I don't know how that works. Um, uh, Maybe they told him they got really great bowl gifts because, you know, they get, you know, like a thousand twelve hundred bucks in bowl gifts from the bowls, the bowl committees, Um, you know, spending money, cards, you know, gift cards, you know, whatever. I don't know. Maybe he needs that. I don't know why he would, but maybe he does. Um, so I don't know. He's not yet in the portal, but um, he's, and we don't know that OU hasn't kicked the tires on that, and he hasn't come back and said, "Yeah, sorry." I mean, Tennessee's the obvious name. I've heard Texas thrown around a little bit. Um, I don't know, but yeah, he putting Walter and Nolan aside because if Walter calls calls Todd Bates and says. There's a deal to be made. I, I want to be coached by you. I want you to make me a first-round draft pick. I I think OU would be like, all right, let's 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 talk let's talk Turkey. But,
2: um, well, the one guy I would say potentially in which position we just talked about, which would be edge defensive end, would be uh, Duke player RJ Oban. and it's just you know six four two fifty five long. Kind of looks like PJ in that regard, right? Like you know, uh, he's he's a veteran guy. He, he's not, he's he's, not he's, the defensive be...
1: tackle, right? Not the people. The, no, not the other... no. Okay, You'd... he's a he's a defensive end. Okay,
2: he's. I mean, I'll, I'll maybe pull. I think he's. i I can pull stats up for him. But uh yeah, so. He was a, uh, you know, so he's got. He's using his COVID year going to go somewhere else, and obviously Elko's gone to A and M. I, I haven't seen any chatter on Oban. but you know, I mean, he's got eighteen and a half TFLs, really over the last three seasons, uh, and and thirteen and a half sacks again over just the last three seasons. You know, because uh, COVID, they do barely played any games. And then he, you know, he he redshirted his first year. So in just three seasons, he could be a guy that would be able to come in and uh, you know, I think Oklahoma's gonna need some some help at defense event, right? I mean, okay. We've talked a little bit about this. One of the hopes I think everybody wanted to see, and it would be like, I don't know if it's a what right the right the correct word to use here, would be a, a disappointment that and I know late in the year, PJ had a big, uh, you know, brace on his left arm, right? So he maybe he maybe if you know, he hurt his elbow, which clearly is what it looked like, but We've, the defense we thought, in position we as, as a group,
1: RMT yeah, was hurt all a, year. A, RMT was hurt all year, right? The ankles
2: killed his development. He, he started playing. He started playing more late. You know, the thing that was concerning is the exact same thing that happened in twenty twenty two. Occurred in 2023 right. is once Oklahoma got to the meat of conference, TFLs and sacks fell off. Now the defensive, now the linebackers were still getting TFLs, and there were some defensive tackles like Coe had some moments, and we were getting some defensive tackle TFLs. But from a defensive end perspective, what was scary is. You know, Oklahoma started to lose, lose the edge some in the run game, whether it was Kansas or UCF yeah. or Oklahoma State. They struggled on the edge in the run game. They weren't holding the edge. and We all know from a pass rush perspective, that fell off. And I think, like, you know, to be, like, point blank, like Miguel Chavis has to figure out why his unit, or maybe, maybe it ain't Miguel Chavis has got to figure it out. Maybe Brent Venables has to figure out why Miguel Chavez's unit hits this brick wall, you know, in the middle of the season, as Oklahoma gets into like the meat of it. And so like, that was a concerning thing is, I think you would say like, you know, PJ is all this talent, all this raw ability. What he needs is he needs reps, right? Like he's like, it's great. You know, he just needs to get, once he gets it filled out, he'll flash. Once he starts to figure it out, he'll take over. And what's concerning is it was like, okay, how come like the more reps he's gotten, he looks more confused. He looks slower out there. He's not doing certain things. Like, what's going on? Is he thinking too much? Like this concern of like, why isn't he flashing late in the year? And so, you know, you know, might need an edge guy. If if you're telling me, if you're telling me uh, you know, Ford uh is gone to the to the I, NFL, I don't know that, but I think try I think it. he is. Yeah. And, and you know Bothroyd is as well. Yeah. You know, uh, you're left with, you know, uh, what that puts ethan downs as your as your primary guy, and you're going to be playing uh a true sophomore in p j that's all the talent in the world, but again he you wouldn't say that he flashed a bunch this year he did early, you know you saw the twitch and like, oh man, he's got that ability to get that edge as the season wore on, you're like, where is he? Yeah, and, it seemed and,
1: like enough you know, and like November hit all of a sudden they 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 got a little they, you know, we saw a little bit of what they'd done before. They they reduced the rotations a little bit. They got a little conservative, yeah. um, starting to rely on the veterans a little bit too much. Playing Stutz too much.
2: Um, yeah, he did. He looked, and Stutzman looked worn out. Looked uh, worn out. Just relying just, on linebackers. They had. They started relying, I think, too much on pressure packages and blitz packages in order to get. Really, i mean, You know, in some ways, they were running like you know run blitzes as well to to get TFLs, you know, and stunts up front, and they were having to do that. Just you weren't seeing, you know, from a defensive end, you know, like what they're going to return next year is you know PJ, R Mason Thomas and Ethan Downs. You know, uh, Reggie Grimes played a couple snaps this year. Marcus Stripling. He's in the portal. Stripling's out of eligibility. Trips um, out of eligibility. Trace Ford's likely gone, and and Bothroyd's gone. You know, Bothroyd played over five hundred snaps. Uh, Trace Ford played over three hundred. Ethan Downs played just under under five hundred. So you're losing. If you're losing, you know, and 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 Stripling was you know one hundred and thirty. So if you're losing Bothroyd, Ford, you know Stripling's gone. You're losing, you know, nine hundred snaps there almost. Yeah. Right.
1: So I mean, I I. I do wonder if what they think they get, they might get from Taylor Wine is a redshirt freshman, and they obviously bringing in three talented freshmen who will win all will enroll early. So
2: yeah, we know Danny Akoye, and you know he'll he'll come in and give you some juice right away. And Wyatt Gilmore is a big physical kid. And Nigel Smith, Nigel
1: can, Smith again, big physical. Yeah. So it's it's they've got some. I can see if you but can, if you could get do some, you
2: really want to be, you know, hoping that a true freshman. You want to be left hoping that a true freshman can contribute in your first year in a new conference where the competition is going to be ratcheted up a little bit. Maybe not in terms of like Alabama will be the best team Oklahoma faces Next year or Texas? See, it's a funny one. Everybody's like, ah, oh, it's going to be so difficult. It's like when I watch Texas kick Alabama and head in the dirt. It's
1: and t- don't t- tell t- me t- it's t- 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 different,
2: yeah. yeah. And then you are going to tell me Alabama is this different team? Yet they trailed in the second half against six of their opponents, mm-hmm. and they needed a hell mary to beat. I mean, it's anyway. I am not going to go down that tangent at this time. But
1: a, sati- it, a statistically but, like f- champ one, you know, one in you know, you know, one in five thousand completion pass in the end zone. I mean. Yeah. I mean, was it wasn't like four, the, it wasn't fourth the, the, and five the from ana- the five, right? So it was fourth, fourth, fourth
2: and, and thirty-two.
1: Thirty-two. I mean, uh, my There's Auburn a, buddy the, was the just, analytics. Yeah,
2: have you seen the analytics at the 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 snap at the start of that snap?
1: Chance of victory. Auburn, the, had, a of, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Auburn had a ninety-nine point nine percent chance of winning the game.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you that you know, if look, if you could find a rush end with some real juice who gets to the quarterback, yeah, who upgrades the roster, but a lot of what I'm saying is like, grab that guy, grab that guy. I'm like, look, we don't have the numbers to do this. If you grab yeah. this guy, you can't grab the next guy, right? So you got to think about what you're doing. So I, I, I agree with you. I, I would see if you could find a defensive end who gives you some real juice. Then, yeah, I, I got no well, problem with that. But
2: I would say this: I think this year, make sure it, it is, is someone a-
1: that can really do it. Like you know, don't don't. This is why Overton doesn't fit the defensive end spot, right? He's just – he doesn't have a college sack.
2: Yeah. That's – yeah. And so, like, that's the thing I would say. This year is going to be a good example of uh, the staff needing to have some – uh, some good evaluations from like, you, they got approached like an NFL team and like free agencies just hit. And you've got to be getting good evals on these guys and, and find, you know, find somebody because Oklahoma will need somebody to come in and help and contribute.
1: Yeah. Cause I was having this argument with somebody and they were like, well, take this guy. I'm like, Oh, and by the way, Don McKinley might be back in play. Well, what are you gonna do if that happens? Yeah. And they're like, well, that doesn't matter. That's high school. I'm like, 85 is 85 guys. I mean we can blow through the twenty-five number all we want, but eighty-five is eighty-five and it's not going anywhere. Right. So, and now can you am I fine with being over in spring and and some and some um procedural uh cuts occur post-spring with some kids? Okay. Um that's not the way Bob really ran things. Um uh, who knows what Lincoln was doing with our roster? It was just such a mess. I'm, I won't even go on and kind to project to predict that. But, you know, but also, if you're over in spring and you want to get, and there's a couple of portal spots you think you need, then that also increases the guys that have got to go. So it's like at some point you're going to have to rob Peter to pay Paul with the roster. And. You know, yeah. you need to start cutting guys that some of us might be like, well, that's a really interesting young guy. We can't cut him.
2: Right. But – Maybe there's a guy – like maybe a guy like Kyle Kennard. You know, there's a big defensive end out of, out of Georgia Tech. Yeah. You know, uh, he's had 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 a good year this past year. He's in the portal.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a
2: – Because Oklahoma's going to need some juice.
1: Yeah. So, that's that's the interesting the interesting spot to, to maybe look at. So, and we're only I – mean, There's 30, there's 30, sorry, there's 28 more days of this.
2: (laughs) So that's the interesting thing is I wonder is how many kids, you know, because it was uh, last year and i don't know you know if uh, georgia clearly doesn't have like a bunch of guys with juice i guess on the edge to be edge rushers but it was last year that georgia like the week that couple of days after they had a bunch of kids hop in the portal uh so yeah i mean i am i am interested yeah, to see to the
1: championship what it's look the championship like. the championship duo they won't their players won't have a chance to play in the championship game and hit the portal they won't no yeah. Which is you know or they or they could portal, but can you really portal and be, be also thinking about playing in a national championship game? That's a that's an interesting case of cognitive dissonance if you can pull that off. Hey, I'm leaving <laughs> y'all, but let's go win this thing. What? <laughs> you know. So, um, but we'll see. But so this this still I mean, there's still time coming. Kids can play ball games. I mean depending upon where they want to go. Cause oh, I mean, that's when the portal closes, but you can get, you know, as long as you're in by the, by January 3rd, you, you'd be, then you just got to figure out getting enrolled somewhere. That's and that And that can take the, you know, you've got three weeks in June, in sorry, in January to make that happen. So, right. So, Oh, you could be, we could be like, what the hell is, Oh, you doing? What the hell is, Oh, you doing you're like, Oh, and some guy leaps in and like, they're like, oh, okay, that's who they're, that's what, and, you know, know you pulls them in, and that's like what they're doing. So that, the classic name here is, of course, my friend, uh, Smevin Smix. So um, <laughs> who, uh, Todd Bates was, was doing a recruiting visit with a cornerback uh, visiting Hicks's dad at Katie Paytow.
2: So you're saying?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything, but why is Todd Bates – Visiting a school where uh, making a cornerback visit. Yeah, I you guys can ponder that when Jay J- Vali is perfectly fine. He's not in- incapable of visiting schools. He's flying all over the country looking at cornerbacks. So, so just factor that. Just, just you know that 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 was reported by Suda Scoop first, I believe. If it was OU Insider, I apologize, but I think Scoop had it first. Um, that's the Twitter action I saw. So we'll we'll see what happens, but. Heather, okay, we'll be back next week. I'm sure we'll have more portal nonsense to talk about. Maybe we'll have some portal commitments to talk about, which would, be, which would certainly be better than talking about the 50 names in there that we don't think OU is going to bother recruiting. One last thing. I, would, I don't think OU needs a portal wide receiver. So that eliminates about, of the 4,000 kids in the portal total, that eliminates about 2,500 of them. Uh, uh, it, it's it, the portal is literally infested with wide receivers. I mean, it is it's, it's wild, it's crazy. Someone someone said, "Oh, you should grab this guy." He got he had like a thousand yards last year. I'm like, yes. There are like nine hundred guys in the portal had a thousand yards last year at wide receiver. It's like it's 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 insane. So
2: and some of the guys just haven't, you know. We talked about that, right? Like there's a, the the kid who was considered maybe the top portal wide receiver was a kid from Arizona that went to USC, and you know, and he had like 200 yards receiving this year or something. You know, it was it was just kind of an afterthought for USC, and, and and you see the the kind of year Arizona's had. It's it's not always uh, greener on the other side.
1: And then you look at Andrew Anthony, who if he had not blown his knee out, I think he's a thousand yards for you, and he had like two hundred career yards for Michigan before OU picked him up, right? See? And then Brennan that's a
2: really good example of like, you know, of of them scouting and looking for his, uh, you know, how to his traits, right? Like 6'2", whatever, 190. He can run for days, really explosive. Like, okay, well, what he is really fits with what we do. And Michigan, you know, doesn't want to play that type of game, but we do. So he really fits with us. I think it's, it's where you have to be a little bit careful, I think, with wide receivers probably of looking at like, what is his stats? Let's go get him. He's a great player because, you know, uh, things look at like Jaron Br- Bradley from Tech. You know, it was like 800 yards or whatever it was, you know, 900, you know, whatever it was last year in 20, 2022. It was, hey, here's this amazing receiver. Well, you know, it was a different offense a little bit, right? It had a were had quarterbacks, different quarterbacks. They were just doing different things.
1: No, and I mean not do that.
2: Know Emmett Jones, you come out this year and you look at it, and it's like, okay, well, he had 300 yards or whatever it was, like 400. And it's like, well, you know, Jaden Gibson had more, had the same number of touchdowns, a couple, like literally just a few less yards, and averaged like twice the amount of uh, yards per catch. So, Yeah. yeah, it can, you know, scheme matters, particularly for wide receivers.
1: My last note of that was there was a, there was a mistype on uh, on somebody posted on X that a guy had 923 receptions. Uh, it's, <laughs> he's, he inverted yards and receptions. I'm like, man, that guy is just absolutely productive. I mean, you got to sign that guy if nothing else, because I mean, he's getting like 90 catches a game. How could that be bad, right? I mean, it's <laughs> that production's just incredible. Um, so. All right, so that's the end of this uh, recruiting part of it. We did a part two recording uh, as well. We're going to do that, talk about some team stuff. So two different podcasts for you to enjoy this week, two different themes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Chris Mason. You can follow me on Twitter, X, at CM underscore Sooners360. Caleb and I are on the Sooners360.com message board. Please subscribe so you can interact with us and get all the opinions on who you should be offering, not offering. you and you can hear us. Come, and also, we're starting to do some bowl breakdowns and and talk uh, talk about what's going on with the Sooners and the Alamo Bowl and Arizona. So, and we're going to have you all over Signing Day. And uh, from uh, from that standpoint, with lots of information for you guys. So please give us a listen and, and uh, give us a chance. So thanks everyone for uh, listening and enjoy your
2: week.